0: Welcome to Drilling Deep. I'm your host, John Kingston. I'm the editor-at-large at at FreightWaves. And here on Drilling Deep, we kick things off at this podcast by talking about oil and diesel, since drilling for oil is what gave this podcast its name. We also have a guest on for the week, and today we're going to talk to the founder and CEO of Fleet AI. His name is Mark Alcori. It's a new fleet. He's got some big boasts about how his company operates, and we're going to explore this in our interview with him later. So let's talk about oil. I would suggest you brace yourself what's going to happen next, or at least going to be talk about what's going to happen next. Let's go over the record for this week because it's been interesting. Thursday in particular was interesting because the OPEC Plus group met remotely and decided to once again put 400,000 barrels per day on the market. That move was pretty much expected. The group consists of OPEC members and non-OPEC oil exporters led by Russia, and they have been adding supplies at the rate of 400,000 barrels per day for months now. But the Biden administration wanted more. It didn't say exactly how much, but it didn't want just 400,000 barrels per day. It didn't get it. And it looks like a kind of a diplomatic defeat for Joe Biden. But it's important to note that the rejection of putting more oil on the market came just as oil markets were signaling that they may have peaked for now. Brent is the world's crude benchmark, and it is down about 11 percent in the last few days as I record this. Ultra low sulfur diesel on the CME commodity exchange is down about 7.1% from its recent highs. West Texas Intermediate Crude today on Thursday is down below $80 for the first time in a few weeks. And if that trend continues, it may mean that the Biden administration is not going to turn to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Conventional wisdom is starting to be that it will turn to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is known as the SPR. There is increasing chatter that not just the U.S., But the rest of the key Western nations might choose to release oil onto the market from their respective strategic stocks. Let's point out that this is not what these strategic stocks originally were envisioned for. Strategic stocks are supposed to be used to replenish supplies that get knocked offline because of some geopolitical event or natural disaster. They're not supposed to be used just because the price is uncomfortably high. So they've been released from the U.S. SPR after hurricanes that knocked out production in the Gulf. About 10 years ago, there was a big strategic stock release across several nations as Libya fell into chaos with the revolution against Muammar Gaddafi and their exports plummeted. There is no disruption to supply at this time, but the price of oil is too high for a lot of world leaders' tastes, including Joe Biden, which is one of the reasons why he asked for OPEC Plus to produce more. That was rejected, so he may turn to his own country's strategic stocks. The U.S. has been selling off those stocks in recent years because of the US position that was as a net exporter, it's now a net importer again, but on a much smaller basis than it was years ago. Let's take a look at some numbers. In 2011, when the SPR stocks were at their all time high of about 725 million barrels, the US was a net importer of about 9 million barrels per day of crude. Now that the US produces more crude and exports more, it's a ratio of about 612 million barrels in the SPR, and net imports of about 3.2 million barrels. Back then, the SPR covered 81 days of U.S. net crude imports. Today, that figure is closer to 190. So that's really why the U.S. has been selling stocks. It just doesn't need as much oil. So keep your eye carefully on the uh, news of whether the SPR is going to sell oil. It really, I think, is going to be the next big story in this market. Oh, and one more thing. The weekly DOE EIA diesel price has been up seven weeks in a row. Given the declines in the overall oil markets these past few days, you can assume that by next Monday, given the decline in commodity and wholesale prices, that streak is going to come to an end. We're going to move on here Freight Waves with our guests of the week. You know, we get lots of pitches here at Freight Waves at Drilling Deep to do stories. They come from the companies themselves, from companies themselves, or they come from public relations people hired just for that purpose. It's always a question that we have, which ones do we write about or which ones do we bring on for a podcast? So an announcement of a new fleet shouldn't be that big a deal. There are you know, tens of thousands of fleets in this country, but this one caught my eye. It is a company called AI Fleet. Uh, I've been covering the issue of Variant, the Variant's kind of subset company within a company at US Express. Uh, and um, they, Variant also says it is building a new model using a lot of predictive analytics and AI so this uh, this note from AI Fleet sounded a little bit familiar. So I decided to have their CEO and founder on and see if he can back up all these great words that were in their release. So uh, our guest today is Mark Elkori. He is the founder and CEO. Uh, he did spend some time at US Express as director of strategy and now he's got a very interesting new initiative. So Mark, welcome to Drilling Deep.
1: Thank you so much, John, good to be here.
0: So why don't you start by talking about some of the basics, uh, the size of the fleet, where it's based, what is activities? How long has it been around? We'll, we'll get that established.
1: That sounds good. So AI Fleet is, a you know, in, in many words, we're, we're a trucking company. We're just a little bit over a year old. So we're just getting started, really. We're based out of Austin, Texas. And right now, we, you know, a year ago, we had one truck. Today, we are just over uh, approaching 35 trucks with a goal to be at about 40 trucks by the end of the year.
0: Okay. And what really caught my eye was AI in your company name. Of course, uh, you know, you could always joke that everybody puts AI. It's sort of like in 2000, everybody put com in their name. You know, they got a, got a 40% boost in their stock price overnight. But anyway, uh, why don't you talk about how you use AI in your activities to make it better? What, what is the fundamental, such an overused term, but it's a good one, value proposition of, of what you do?
1: You know, really, the our goal is, uh, you know, there, there's a bunch of ways to 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 go about it, but we are looking to use algorithm algorithms to make sure that we are able to maximize the revenue on the truck, which we believe is the solution to many to many of the problems that the industry faces. So when we talk about you know industry shortages and driver shortages for us, it's mostly a utilization problem that the trucks in the U.S. are just not utilized. The average Truck, I think, gets about 17, 1,800 revenue miles a week. Technically, you could be getting over 3,500 miles a week by following your hours of service regulations. So the AI within AI fleet is about maximizing the asset utilization, which translates to highest, higher revenue on the truck. And then, you know, obviously, more, more driver happiness, uh, at home more often. So really, we utilize our algorithm to just make sure that we can create a great driver experience. While maximizing the revenue on the truck, that is in essence what AI fleet is about.
0: all right I mean I don't want to be skeptic right at the bat, but I will say this uh, having just been at the American Truckload Association's annual meeting last week and looked at this issue, uh, an algorithm is great, but you know I, I, I can think of a couple of very non-technical problems that uh, efficiency is, is getting hurt by. One of them is parking yeah. and, and the other is the tension. And so part of me thinks like I can imagine the AI and these algorithms doing great work, uh, laying out an incredibly efficient way of getting uh, freight from point A to point B and then running into a parking issue or running into some massive detention. How do you deal with things like that that don't have an easy technological solution? Yeah, I mean
1: this is actually a big reason why we AI Fleet is not a software company and AI Fleet is a full-stack trucking company because it allows us to own the driver experience end to end, which is a which is to us very important. Parking is actually part of our mode of operations. We actually guarantee all drivers daily parking that we book for them for free that allows us to make sure that the drivers are not spending their hours of service looking for parking. So we are extremely proactive about that. We know what the drivers will be through obviously our technology ahead of time, and then we pre-book the parkings for them, especially when you're on the East Coast and in areas where there's just not an abundance of parking. So that is a big part of, of how we deal with the, with the parking shortage, which is completely agree with you, is a big part of the utilization piece. The second piece, which is about the dwell and detention, you know, th- that's that's another piece that we are continuously getting better and better at. You know, we, as a fleet, we have the data that just allows us to understand and see where our trucks are spending the most time. But obviously the tension, while a big source of dwell, is just that. It's just one source of dwell. Right now, what we are able to do is that, you know, the tension is, is the kind of dwell that is not in our control. Is at the control of shippers and receivers. How we can control it a little bit is by making sure that our models prioritize shippers and receivers with you know, lower detention or at least higher, faster loading and unloading. On the flip side though, detention is not the biggest source of dwell in trucking. Load dwell, appointment time and scheduling, the time between your unload to the next reload, the deadhead, those are a much bigger source of dwell than just the actual detention. And that is a lot, a lot of where we are using our technology, because uh, you know, that is in our control knowing which load to book and how to schedule load, that is in our control. And that is where we utilize our technology to really minimize the sources of dwell that are in our control. And again, for the ones that are not in our control, what we want to do is just learn from the data to at least avoid those facilities or at least avoid the peak times of those facilities.
0: All right, so I'm assuming now most of your loads are probably coming from brokers, is that correct?
1: Right now, that is correct, yes.
0: Okay, so let's say you get a load from a broker. Uh, talk me through what the AI does. You say, OK, uh, l- let's let the, let the algorithms go to work. Uh, what's it going to produce? Uh, at the end of the day, uh, what will that software, what will that algorithm say to the driver about the most efficient use of, how, of getting freight from point A to point B? You know, we, we have
1: a, our technology and our business model go hand in hand. We, what we offer drivers, what we tell them is that our goal is to maximize your pay. And so we have a completely aligned incentive from that standpoint, meaning we want to maximize the revenue on the truck, which then translates to the highest potential payout for the driver. So what our technology does is that it connects to through APIs to a lot of our customers, brokers being our customers. And what we end up doing is that our technology is very strict about execution. What we want to do is arrive on on time to our pickups and our deliveries, and then make sure that the driver arrives home on time as well. So when we think about it a lot, and, and you know, part of our model is in terms of offering the best driver experience, we offer all of our drivers guaranteed weekends at home or 48 hours at least at home every week. So the way we look about it is that we're looking at the home-to-home route for the driver while allowing us to maximize the revenue. So this is what our technology does. It gives us not the one load, but the route that the truck should take over their week to get out with the maximum, you know, with the highest possible revenue on the truck, given the data that we have, meaning given the customers that we have and the broker relationships that we have.
0: I mean, is it safe to say that on Saturday and Sunday, AI Fleet is not on the road? Or when you say the weekend, are you just really talking about a two-day break? Could be any time during the seven days.
1: You know, the, we initially, when we started, we, we did, we worked pretty, you know, we wanted to offer uh, guaranteed home time for everybody. We have a lot of drivers who, after they started with us, they said, you know, I cannot believe how much money I'm making. What would happen if I stayed on the road longer? And, you know, obviously you have more, whenever you, you are not constrained by the return home, You obviously have the opportunity to get yourself more revenue on the truck, which then means more revenue for the driver. So we have right now we have, I would say, about 40 percent of our fleet uh, is OTR, meaning does not go home every week. And then the the remaining 60 percent are mostly drivers who are home every weekend. So definitely AI fleet is not as busy, I would say, at least for now over the weekend, because just that's just the you know, given that we're still relatively small. Right now, the vast majority of our drivers prefer to stay at home. And that's something we take pride of. You know, that's something that we advertise. And that is something that regardless of how you want to be as a driver, we offer you that opportunity. You know, we also tell drivers, you may not want to be at home this weekend. You may want to, you know, visit Idaho or, you know, just just tell us where you want to be at the end of the week and our technology will get you there. Do you still view yourself as in proof of concept stage? You know, I would say now that we, I mean, obviously we're still, Pretty small, especially compared to mega carriers. Now, when you compare us to overall an average trucking company, we are no longer there. I Meaning, we we are larger than the average trucking company, given how fragmented trucking is. What we certainly have seen through our modeling is that our technology today, without the improvements that we have on our roadmap, is able to accommodate most likely four figures in terms of number of trucks. So, we are very confident of where we are, and and you know we. Our goal is by the end of next year to be in the triple digits in terms of uh, number of trucks. So we, you know, while we we, we want to continue the mindset of continuous improvement and continuous adapt adaptation of our algorithms to our tech, to to our business model, but specifically to the drivers we are hiring, I would say we are more and more comfortable that you know we're coming out of proof of concept and, and entering scaling mode.
0: What do you get? I mean, you made reference to it earlier. We want to own the driver experience. So what are the advantages to that? I mean, I mean, as, as you're, you're talking about the algorithms and what they do, and part of me can't help but think, well, why don't you just be a software company, which you already said you're not. Right. You, know, you don't want to be that. So talk about why having the trucks themselves uh, is advantageous, because I think ultimately your value proposition probably is software-based, but you're taking that software and you're applying it to a, a, what is now a small fleet, and then presumably later will be a bigger fleet. When did you kind of make the decision, Okay, we're going to actually own our own trucks here and take the software capabilities and apply it to them?
1: We we always wanted to do that because, you know, having been in trucking, we know what are the potential advantages of going that route, which is trucking is massive and trucking when done right. And there's obviously a lot of great trucking companies out there that have very, very respectable margins without having the proper utilization on their trucks. So this is really the opportunity that we are looking to get to, meaning if we are able to operate such as one of those large carriers in terms of controlling our costs in the future, while, however, having 60, 50, 70, 80, whatever it is, higher percent, higher revenue on the truck, this is a significant opportunity. What we're really trying to do is we are honestly trying to make a change. We talk a lot. This is a real problem. The driver shortage is a real problem. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the the ATRI uh, saying that there's 80,000. Is, is their estimate in terms of what is the driver shortage? From a percentage perspective, we're saying that there's a 10% shortage in in the availability of drivers. Obviously, that's a big number. This is probably a little bit less, maybe five to eight percent. But when we know that the drivers spend 50% of their time dwelling, sitting, waiting, there is a there is a play here to actually really make an impact in the industry. That what that means is that if all trucking companies tomorrow improve their utilization by ten percent, the driver shortage goes away. So you know you'll have fewer trucks on the road. You'll have better drivers, safer drivers. There's a lot at stake here, and what we want is we also want to show that the biggest, the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles in the industry, which is driver retention, is really a utilization problem. I would say you know having been at large carriers, and large carriers know that. It's not really a, re- a recruiting problem that they have. It's a retention problem, right? We all know that driver turnover is over 100%. At AI Fleet, again, we're still very small. But what we are proving is by paying the drivers the right amount, you will not lose the drivers to a different trucking company. And that is a big part of, of your cost as a large fleet, which is the, the turnover. So that is what we say about, and, you know, we we have a very... Our dispatchers, a lot of them are brand new to the trucking industry because we are bringing the mindset of not just saying that drivers first and drivers are our customers. We treat them like they are real, and, and they are, they are really the only ones in the company that generate revenue. That is the experience that we want to create. We want to create through technology an outstanding driver experience. That's what the is about. And we don't think we can get there by just selling and licensing our software.
0: All right. Well, now, now to, I mean, to go kind of back to the, this is a good lead into the, the proof of concept question I asked before, but you, you in your release, you, you quoted some numbers. You say that your fleet is about 50 to 60% more efficient than the average fleet. And you use the, the level or the, the benchmark for efficiency as revenue miles and revenue per truck. Uh, you're measuring efficiency that way. Can you talk about some of the numbers? And I mean, are they, are they getting better now? Or are they plateaued? Uh, and uh, are you kind of stunned that they're that good?
1: We Well, I say when we started, uh, when we were doing our initial proof of concept, we were doing it in April and May, specifically May 2020, is when we kind of came up with our first proof of concept. And I would say the numbers that I had in mind was, can we get, and again, remember, this was right at the beginning of the pandemic when the average uh, rate was about $1.60 per mile. My key number there and when we were you know, starting to reach out to investors is, can I get consistently $4,500 per truck per week in this bad market? And we were very quickly stunned that 4500 was not even close to what we can achieve, even at those rates back then. We immediately, even with our first you know, minimum viable product, our first MVP, we were getting $5,000 plus. And as we started, I'm sorry
0: wait, wait, could, you, could you repeat that number did you say
1: five thousand? That was right at the beginning with our first release. This is when I would say I learned as someone that spent a lot of time in trucking, I learned that it's actually even with the worst trucking environment ever, you can break five thousand dollars. as we started making adjustments and improvements to our algorithm and obviously as the rates started getting better, this is where we started seeing that six, seven, even ten thousand dollars per truck per week. Can be achievable, and that is, you know, right now. Obviously, it varies. When when we for our active trucks, you know, eight thousand dollars per truck per week has become the norm. I would say.
0: I mean, those are big numbers. Those are certainly bigger numbers than you see in most of these publicly traded truckload companies uh, that put those out. So, for you to maintain that, and and it's it's quite, it's quite a boast out there, as you can imagine. You you run into some skeptics.
1: We, that's also another reason why we, we're doing what we're doing the way we're doing it, which is, uh, you know, the, we're, we're running our own truck. Sometimes we get a lot of questions. Hey, what differentiates you from this and that? And the answer is, I don't really know what others are building, you know, in their, in their product, in their algorithm. We don't really know. What we do know is that we are extremely proud of our numbers. And, you know, for fleets our size... Uh, You know, we completely understand there's always going to be at some point, you know, if if we had a just let's go to the extreme here, if we had 100 percent market share, obviously the the number will not be the same. But for fleets our size, we are today operating at 60 and 70 percent higher revenue per truck per week. So we for us, the big takeaway is the technology works. Now it's about continuing to improve the technology and continuing to adapt the business model to be way ahead, not just again in revenue, but in driver experience. So yes, we do encounter skeptics. But for us, the, the numbers tell the story. And we're just very proud to be running the fleet as we are today.
0: Yeah, you said in your release, uh, in an, or at least in your email to us, an, in an industry with close to 100% turnover, over 65% of the fleet that means your fleet right. are through referrals due to the high driver happiness but that doesn't tell me what your turnover rate is what is it zero
1: right now really well, i mean nobody's today. quitting we, are, we, we okay nobody's quitting we, yeah nobody nobody has quit we we have had you know, termination where we had to terminate drivers nobody has yet quit voluntarily to yes i mean we're we're very fortunate we know this is going to change this is trucking Uh, We know things are going to happen for a variety of reasons. Drivers are going to want to quit. But as of right now, we haven't had someone quit voluntarily.
0: And let's note, the people who were driving you say they they would have taken to the road for the first time with you back in, what, around
1: April or May, correct?
0: This is when we, well,
1: the first driver, in April and May, we were still in proof of concept. Uh, You know, we were working with, we found a fleet who was willing to help us test our algorithm. Really, the first drivers we hired were in, under AI fleet, were in November of last year.
0: Okay, uh, the startup for this, the financial backing—are you PE backed, the VC backed, and uh, and how's your how's your cash position?
1: Well, we are VC backed. We're very fortunate. We have great backers, and our cash position is still very comfortable. We're you know we're going to continue fundraising in the future, uh, but yes, we we do have a couple of financial backers right now.
0: What's it easier to hire, a truck driver or an AI programmer?
1: You know today we we we're fortunate we we have a great team on on both sides. I would say we haven't we know as we continue growing, we will start seeing slightly more challenges on recruiting on both sides. right now we we're very proud that our mission attracts amazing programmers who are not here just to hack something, but they're here to literally make a difference in the life of another human being. And we're very fortunate that for the drivers, you know when 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 I was saying in November of last year, we were trying to hire. The most common answer we get when we do an outreach was, "This is too good to be true." And now we get a lot of folks who tell us, "Well, this is a dream come true." And so we're we're very fortunate that we haven't yet had the the resistance uh, in terms of of recruiting. And you know, and the good news as well is that we haven't put any marketing dollars into it. Obviously, as we continue growing, we'll start using our you know our our. Uh, capital to, for, for marketing and to create the brand that we want to create, which is we are truly a driver-first company.
0: Are the drivers now getting paid per mile or do you have them on salary?
1: We, have, we, we actually pay them, a, they have a minimum guaranteed salary. So while there is a, a component of it that is mileage-based or revenue-based, we, what we tell everyone is if you don't get the miles or if you don't get the revenue, it's not your fault. It would be our fault. Trucking is one of the very few industries where you as a driver get paid based on not how good you are, but how good your dispatcher or your planner is. And so at AI Fleet, everyone has a guaranteed salary. And then if the truck does well, there's a weekly incentive on top of it.
0: Well, it is an ambitious project. Let me, one one final question. Uh, if, 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 do your, are your trucks marked AI Express by someone heading down the road when I know it was from your company?
1: The AI fleet, yes, they they start. AI fleet, excuse me. Yes, so yeah. the, they are marked, and you know, obviously, we're still we're still getting there from an equipment standpoint. But yes, as of I think a couple of weeks ago, even our trailers are marked. So hopefully, you're, you'll start seeing them on the road. I'll keep
0: my eye out for it.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Looking forward to. It.
0: Okay, Mark, we want we want to thank Mark uh, Mark El-Cori for joining us today on Drilling Deep. Mark is the founder and CEO of AI Fleet, and he's got an interesting perspective and an interesting approach to the market and we will watch you over time to see how you how you're doing.
1: Thank you so much John.
0: You have been listening to Drilling Deep. We are part of the Freight Cash family of podcasts from Freightwaves. You can find us on all the leading podcast platforms. I've been your host John Kingston and please join us again.